Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to the Acme Packing Company podcast feed. I'm Justice Mosqueda. This is Intercepted. I'm joined here this week by Yahoo Sports' Charles McDonald. Say what's up to the people, Charles. What's up, everybody? It's another week, another day. We are recording this at the start of uh, Ravens-Bengals, Ravens so I'm sure we'll have some audio, like some audible excitement or displeasure based on what happens to our good friend Lamar Jackson. Yeah, we're both fans of Lamar, so I think you guys know who we're rooting for in this one. Um First half of this podcast, I think we're just going to talk about the NFL as a whole. Second half, we'll talk about uh, Chargers Packers. I was going to have Michael Peterson, who runs the uh, the uh, Bolts. Oh, blog. yeah. Okay. That's who it was. I uh, saw he was having a baby on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Okay. I DM'd him. I, so, so I DM'd him. said, any chance you got, a pre- you got time for a preview pod today? Then I checked his timeline. Saw he's a newborn father. He, he had a kid like two days ago. Yeah. Just post so. about it. No. I replied, actually, just saw you have a newborn. Ignore me. Enjoy fatherhood. So I tapped <laughs> Charles in for this game. Um, we'll talk about the Chargers uh, preview in the second half of this. First half, just going to give us a, uh opportunity to fire off NFL takes, basically. How are you enjoying this NFL season? It's been fun. I think it's been a little weird. Um, the offense being down all over the place is... You know, I I think something people are having a little bit of a hard time accepting right now. You know, I've I've seen some wild takes. Fantasy Twitter is going nuts. Going nuts. They're just banned two high safeties. It's like, well, outside of a spurt where the Seahawks did single high stuff and everyone was trying to copy them, like that's that's the sport at every level. Yeah, Yeah, dude. Well, unless you have Earl Thomas, and yeah, you probably need two safeties back there, dude. So um, it's been an interesting season, though. I've had a good time with it. Uh, I've I've been enjoying like a lot of the defense performances we've seen this year. Um, the only thing I haven't liked is, dude, there's so many bad quarterbacks and a lot of bad teams right now. It it just feels like we're having one of those years where the quality of the league is low. And I remember. It's funny because, like, I just looked at just yards per play from season to season, and we're at the lowest mark since 2017. And that was also a year when people were like, yo, what the hell? Like, why isn't anybody scoring any points? So hopefully it's just a little one-year blip on the radar because I don't really mind watching these games, but I'm tired of seeing y'all complain about it. That's that's what, what's gotten me annoyed. So uh, I hope, you know, quarterback's healthy, no Achilles tears next year. Uh, we get some rookie quarterbacks back in the mix who are playing well because I think we kind of need it right now with how the NFL is looking. Here is uh, – I'm just going to list off the quarterbacks in the second half of the the Ringers' ratings. Um, so this is from 20 on from our buddy uh, Steven Ruiz. This is – this uh, the 20 also includes Drake May and Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams. 
and uh, Tom Brady, all guys who are not <laughs> playing in the NFL currently right now. Great bit, Steven, you bastard. Um, these are how he has the second half of the starting quarterbacks rated right now in the NFL. Daniel Jones, Brock Purdy, Baker Mayfield, Mac Jones, Deshaun Watson, who is no longer playing football anymore. I guess you could throw in Daniel Jones in that list too. Yeah. Justin Fields, Jordan Love, Sam Howell, Will Levis, Joshua Dobbs, fresh off of a trade, basically. Desmond Ritter, Kenny Pickett, who we just lost to. Uh, Bryce Young, Gardner Minshew, Zach Wilson, Aiden wow, O'Connell, Tyson Bajant, Tommy DeVito. That's so many bad quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. I was, once you started listing that, did we, we lose four quarterbacks to season any injuries this year? Rogers, Kirk, Deshaun, Daniel. Like, yeah. I don't think people realize, like, in a league where there's only 32 teams, that's a huge chunk. Of, like, yeah, that's of what's a lot going of, on. That's a lot. Watchability. Yeah. It's not it's a lot it's of the watchability great. in the league. Yeah. Dude, and, then, and then before, like, Kyler came back, you got a Clayton Toon starting there. And I think he finished the game with, like, 11 net passing yards or something like that. It's, it it was, it was bleak for a while. Like, like I I I have gotten to a point where I'm just rooting for some of these younger guys to stay healthy and guys in college to develop. Yes, because we it's we had the golden era. All those guys are out the door except for Rodgers, and we'll see what that looks like next year. And now, like it just feels like is Mahomes just about to beat this? Is he going to win like ten Super Bowls, dude? <laughs> dude, this is this is the point that I used to make when we used to do setting the edge together was that we had this golden era of quarterback development where guys were able to have those full off seasons while the league was progressively getting easier in terms of uh, the passing game, right? Like efficiency was shooting, skyrocketing. And these guys were lasting forever because of, um, you know, the limitations that they put on hitting quarterbacks and stuff like that. Since 2011, quarterback development hasn't been great. And a lot of that, I think, really does boil down to, like, these guys don't have a whole ton of practice time, right? So yeah, we've had a whole lot of teams, you know, cut and bait on quarterbacks early when they don't work out on rookie contracts. And it's it's getting to the point that I think I predicted. Like, uh, no, I remember know, we used to- Kirk Cousins and Dak, Dak Prescott yes. are going to be consistent pro bowlers you know, in this new era of the NFL, if we don't backfill with talent, and that's kind of what's happened, uh, particularly in the NFC, right? Like the oh, AFC's yeah. got NFC, some young guys. NFC is dog shit right now. But yeah, I was about to say the Dak sucks. I remember we got pushback back in the day for saying like, yeah, you pay Dak no problem because in like five years, you're going to be wishing you had Dak if you don't if you don't hold on to him. You know like, how much money I would pay Dak Prescott right now? Oh, man. We had, we had this conversation in... <clears throat> One of our group chats, I think, where I think Nate Tice of The Athletic brought it up. And he was like, how much would you pay Dak right now? And I think both of us were like 50 million, 50, no question. 50, like, 50 plus. I'll you get don't even blink at it. Like with yeah. the how quarterbacks are in the NFL right now, that, those guys are worth. My team starting Taylor Heineke and Desmond Ritter. All right. Like <laughs> I would pay a lot of them. I might pay 60 for Dak. Here's a, here's a Packers detour really quickly. We've talked about the NFL draft. A little bit, you and me, and and kind of what the quarterback class is going to look like and all that stuff. I think the Packers are in a position where you just ride it out with Jordan Love for these two years, and you hope at the end of at the end of the tunnel, you end up with a guy who you want to pay, right? Um, yeah. This upcoming draft 
if you know you're not picking top two, you're not going to get May. You're not going to get Williams. At that point, you're talking about a Bo Nix conversation, which I don't know how that's going to play out this season. We talked about this a little bit in our group chat too, where you look at the 2025 draft, there is no quarterbacks. So like no. someone might do the, if we don't get one this year, we're not going to get one in the next two years. We got to trade up. And like at that point, sky's the limit, right? Like we've seen quarterbacks get drafted way higher than they should. And I, I think that's a possibility for Bo Nix at this point. So I don't think, I don't even think the Packers are in that conversation right now either. Well, I mean, even for the Packers, like you're talking about like drafting a quarterback. We just talked about how bad the NFC is right now. You're as crappy as the Packers have looked. You're not outpacing Tommy DeVito, bro. Like, no, you're not going to be that, that not is a hard task, Patriots. man. Yeah. I, Tommy Matt DeVito Jones, wasn't a, a, was he an average Big Ten quarterback? I don't even know if he was an average Big Ten quarterback. I mean, I think it was like right on the line for his uh, last year. Yeah. But the, the, I mean, the, the crazy thing is I don't I have no memory of him playing football in college. Like I don't <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure it's just oh well, he's on Syracuse and Illinois and kind of didn't really do anything. But when he popped up, like, I don't know, I just assumed he was some Rutgers kid where they brought him in on a local pro day or something. And that still might be the case because he's from North Jersey. But now, like, he's he's starting these games for for the Giants. Uh, and I feel like they're they're just at a point where you you you're going to end up with probably the first pick in the draft i i think at this point um because because you have no chance to score any points each week and then you're going to get you're going to get into a spot where you are probably drafting Caleb Williams or Drake May but Daniel Jones is still going to be on the roster next year like that, that deal i'm really excited if, if the giants could draft that high cuz they're one of the few teams that is like actually in a pickle like everyone else it's like yeah, if you're if you're picking one or two, like you just take one of the quarterbacks, right? If you're playing that bad. But the Giants are so cap strapped with that Daniel Jones contract. I don't know what they would need to do. Like, are they gonna have to like cash swap to get rid of Daniel Jones's contract so that they could take a quarterback in the top two picks? Like that maybe might be a reality that we're in for. Dude, they haven't even played the Eagles yet. They still have two games left against <laughs> against the Eagles to play. Like <laughs> Good they're, Lord. they're so bad. They're so bad. I, what we really need is that Monday night game. Giants Packers move that to Sunday. I think like what 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 I've seen people talk about is whoever the Jets play that week is like flipping them because both teams are at MetLife that weekend. Jets Sunday, Giants Monday. So they're like, well, maybe we could flip it and have the Jets on Monday night football. I was like, oh, my more God. Jets football. That's what people want. <laughs> People well, I mean, demand Jets football. Well, it's that or Tommy DeVito. Pick your poison. I guess, yeah. At least New York football, they have baby. A defense. Yeah. That game can be flexed, by the way. I checked up on the rules and stuff like that. I asked around, and they were like, yeah, the Thursday night games, it has to be a month out. But I think the Monday night games, it's like two weeks. So there's still a yeah. chance. And then especially that. since they play in the same stadium. That's yeah. an easy one. Talking about the NFC. We've joked about this for a while, where once things get settled in, our uh, not-so-pleasant term for it, right, is CTE wind sprints. I yes. think we're in the CTE wind sprints era in the NFC now. There's oh, a there. <laughs> there's a two-game gap between the seventh seed and the eighth seed. It fully looks like, if if as long as the Saints can hold on to 
that NFC South um, lead, it looks like we know who the teams are in the NFC who are going to make the playoffs. So, like, this second half of the season, it just comes down to seeding? Well, here, here's here's how I would describe where the NFC is right now. Have you looked... Okay, well, if you haven't looked at the, the, the updated draft order, do you know how many AFC teams are currently projected to pick in the top 10 of the draft? I know the NFC has six in the top seven. Yes. So New England is projected to pick third, and there's one more team in the AFC that's projected to pick in the top 10 right now. Tennessee. Yeah. So you have eight of the top 10 teams Really, nine of the top eleven projected to pick. You know, we're, you know, nine of the top eleven picks in the twenty twenty four NFL draft are currently represented by NFC teams. We need like something's got to change here, <laughs> like, because think think about where the AFC is. All these guys are young for the most part, except for Rogers. Yeah, Lamar ain't going anywhere. Burrow ain't going anywhere. Uh, Trevor Herbert, Lawrence, Mahomes, Tua, yeah, all these guys. Like th- these guys are all still in their twenties. Like they're mid Stroud's. Stroud's a baby. Anthony Richardson's coming back next year. The, the NFC needs a quarterback. Uh, like I think I actually think a really healthy thing for the league would be Kyler Murray getting back to like the peak version that we saw of him when when Cliff before Cliff decided he didn't want to try hard at his job anymore. Have you seen the Cliff Texas A and M rumors? I have. I think it's ridiculous. But like That's also. I kind of feel like, dude, you're you're Texas A and M. I don't. You spent you spent all this money. Your your results. You spent a really hundred a hundred million dollars to get rid of Jimbo and his staff, who had a worse this. record than Kevin Sumlin. Yeah, and their like good year was twenty twenty, which everyone is like that's fake. Maybe everyone in college just, football is like that's fake. Maybe you're just an okay program, an above average program that can flirt with 10, 10 wins every couple of years, but. You're Texas A&M. You spent hundreds of million dollars on this sports program. Had the widely acclaimed best recruiting class ever. Nothing changed. So maybe just accept who you are. Who would be the funniest NFL coach that A&M could pull? Because I I, I don't believe the, the Cliff stuff. I don't believe the um, – who's the guy out of Duke? We've talked about him before. Uh, Mike Elko. Mike Elko. There's no Dan way Campbell you just... already said he's not doing it. Yeah, there's no way you just hire a former assistant, right? If you're turning over a hundred billion dollars, you don't just hire a former assistant. You gotta take a big swing. You gotta do the Brian Kelly LSU thing, you gotta do the Lincoln Riley USC thing. Like who could they pull out of uh these coaches? I don't know. I think they could get Dayball. I that that's not a bad one. I think that's if they I think if the Giants don't pick top two, like if they pick third. I think Dave all sees the writing on the wall and it's like, dude, I got it. I have to un I have to take the key and get the handcuffs off my wrist. I cannot do this with Daniel Jones. I cannot go down like this. Yeah. I'm looking at it now. I think that's if you're looking at NFL coaches, that's probably the best one. Because he's already got the experience of, you know, high level SEC football with Alabama. Um that might be it. Antonio Pierce. <laughs> Is hey, he Antonio. even eligible? Dude, I don't know. I think he <laughs> like has a show cause from the NCAA. I know well, you, you one know of our guys bad. is an ASU guy, and he cannot believe Antonio Pierce is getting all this press. He's like, Herm and him just 
turned over Dude, my team. They nuked the program with and okay, the yes. recruiting violations haven't even come out yet. And Arizona State was like, let me get ahead of this real quick and just self-impose a bull ban of one year. Like we don't even know what the NCAA is gonna say about whatever crazy recruiting violations Herm and Antonio Pierce have. And I'm I'm watching my TV this week, and there's Antonio Pierce head coach of the Raiders and Herms on Sports Center. I'm like, yo. I was like, yo. They made it out pretty. They made it out amazing. Herm got Herm got his old job back. Antonio Pierce is a head coach in the NFL. He's two and oh. And now you you it's it's just I don't know, it's just crazy to me that you could just leave a program in ruins, ruin a bunch of kids like the final year in school, and then oh well I'm fine. So just keep it moving. Couple of things here just to pile on the ASU thing. I have three points here. One Jaden Daniels, the quarterback for LSU, who might be a Heisman or is a Heisman contender, might end up winning the Heisman, transferred from LSU. Um, famously from left at his, his or yeah, 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 my bad, ASU. Um, famously left that his teammates were like tearing up his locker and like all sorts of stuff. Like not not great culture there. Um, I think. And then uh, this past week, ASU's athletic director stepped down and is going to remain. Uh, he was vice president and athletic director. He's going to remain at the university as a as a professor. His salary is going to stay the same. He's going to make a million dollars per year as as a professor at ASU. So that's another wow. guy who made it out pretty. Um, final point: I uh, watched an ASU game this past week because one of my buddies who uh, works at Oregon was like, "You got to watch this." They're legitimately running that like Emory and Henry. Uh, oh. play swinging gates that like they ran it like 10 times in that game they are in full desperation mode that is full bear covered yeah and i don't even know if they've had scholarships taken away yet yeah so bad vibes antonio <laughs> pierce i don't know if he's gonna get a, a call from uh college teams i don't know if he could do it it would be funny though like let's say he goes on a little run here but the, the raiders decide they want to take another head coach mm. Another I mean, I don't one. know. They're, they're just in a pickle. Another funny gonna... one I just thought of. Bill O'Brien. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a tough sell now, though. It's a much tougher sell than it was a few years ago, I think. I know. I know. But it would be so funny. Yeah. Bill O'Brien just getting his teeth kicked in by Alabama and Georgia every year. Doesn't – I don't know. I, I just feel like Texas A&M is one of those programs where just kind of accept what this is. They never will. No, they think they're they got big too much boys. money. The the funny thing is they're always chasing Texas. To me. Yes, because what the hell is Texas? <laughs> like you guys are the same. You guys are the same money cannons that just blast away money and don't end up yeah. really making a dent in the sport. One team just has a slightly not. I mean, not a slightly better brand. Pretty pretty better brand, I would say. Longhorns, but you know they're about to join the SEC too. So I guess that rivalry is back on. Yep. Um. Final point I want to take on for the NFL before we get into this preview of this game. Bill Belichick is getting canned, I think, right? Or mutual Seems parting, like whatever the heck you call it. Like, Yeah. Not in season, but once the season's over. Oh, yeah. You, you can't. I mean, you want to do the whole the pageantry of his retirement and all that stuff, right? Plus, once you get rid of Bill, you're getting rid of the general manager and everything else. Like, that's a whole lot of jobs to fill at that point, right? Yeah, uh, Patriots are two and eight. He's gonna keep coaching because he wants to break Shula's record, right? 
Where the heck is he going to end up? Where do you think Carolina. he is? Carolina, I can see doing it. I think I've joked about it on on uh, this podcast network before, too, because just Tepper is a psycho. I and I don't know what they're doing. So he, right, gave the running I, – I forget his name. What is it? Thomas Brown? Um, yes. The running backs coach who got promoted to offensive coordinator, he gave him play calling duties, and then he just revoked them. So they're already spazzing out. Yeah. Uh, I think that's about to be a one and done situation. Uh, they spent say, so much money on that staff, dude. Did so dropping the bucket. Like they got all, they got like proven bona fides at like every positional coach spot. So like for Packers fans, like James Campen, for example, the guy who developed the Packers offensive line under Mike McCarthy, right? He's like the offensive line coach. Like they have a guy like that at every positional coach. And they're just about to burn all those contracts. That's nuts. The NFL, it's, the other NFL owners have to fucking hate Tepper. Oh yeah, because he can like this. He's too cash. rich. Yeah, he's too rich. Like money is just not an object for him. No, it's not. But one one that I think, and this is just from covering the team for a few years, the Giants. If Bill Belichick's available, I can guarantee you John Mara is going to ponder it for a little bit. Because he, dude, he took Belichick's advice and hired Joe Judge. Like he's, he's someone who very much values Bill Belichick's opinion on things. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if if Belichick's available. You're coming off a season where you win two games. I think they might think about it, making the swap. That'd be funny. Because didn't the whole Flores thing right came down to the Giants? Uh, they got busted. Th- Yes, when Bill accidentally texted the wrong Brian. Yeah. That's right. Instead yeah. of Dayball. And he was like, congrats yeah. on getting the coaching job. He's like, I haven't interviewed yet. And he was just like, oh. But he, yeah, he was psyched at first because he thought Bill. <laughs> well, because he was psyched because everyone knows that Bill talks to John Mara. Yeah. You know, uh, this is like, this is a, they've known each other for a very, very long time at this point. Uh, so that's why I think that that's one team that could pop up for, for Bill's services. I saw because, someone say Chargers, and I'm like, no, I don't see that. There's no way. There's no way. Like, they just don't have the infrastructure. Like, one thing, like, Kraft spent money on that team. Like, the not 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 just, like, on players and stuff. Like, the whole infrastructure around the organization. Like, I don't think Spanos is that guy, dude. No. I mean, dude, they, he shoehorned himself into that, that new stadium with the Rams. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think oh, they're here. just building a new like a new practice facility like just now. Like they've been there for years. Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy, crazy. The NFL is is in a weird spot right now. They're like this is a I feel like this is a pretty pretty pivotal offseason as far as like what's going to happen next. Um it's week it's week 10 and we're like, "Well, what's after this?" <laughs> There's a lot of bad football teams being Take that like, with a Take that Packers fans. There's a lot of just a, you're, absolute you're not the only shows. one. We're not, not the only one. Not in the worst spot. We're not in I mean, the they, worst spot. But the crazy thing is, like, with the, how loaded the AFC is right now, like, if the playoffs were to start today, and I know that things can change, especially because Baltimore and Cincinnati are playing right now, uh, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, non-playoff quarterbacks. Like, we got we to gotta balance this out somehow. <laughs> just a little bit. Well, people this week are, like, I mean, it's just the knee-jerk reaction stuff where they're like, I don't know. Is Josh Allen actually any good? And it's like, yes, I cannot believe that we're doing this. The Buffalo Bills have the 
fourth best point differential in the league right now. They're five and five. They have a better point differential than the eight and one Philadelphia Eagles, who are the one seed in the NFC. Like, come on, man. It's a good football team. They just they just can't get out of their own way this year. And Buffalo, like the Buffalo talk is interesting because you know, I feel like people are just like, well, who's to blame? Is Josh Allen a bust? Dude, just look at the draft history. I think it's recently. Bean. Yeah, I think it's Bean. Yeah. They just haven't backfilled. They're paying their stars, and they haven't backfilled with young talent. Like, right? Like, like missing on the Kyrie Elam pick, crazy. Like, that's a that's a big time miss for them for paying two tight ends who cannot block. It's crazy. a little bit of a weird. Wrong. <laughs> like, your, your safeties are getting old, and you don't have anyone behind them that can step up. Your you, you see the linebacker never been outstanding. Like, yeah, linebacker depth. Not great outside of Matt Milano, especially with Tremaine Edmonds in Chicago. Von Miller has not been what he was after that ACL injury. Like, it to me, it's, it's just, you know, something's wrong, but it's just, you know, the, the roster they had deteriorated. And I think it's it's kind of normal for teams to go through stretches where they struggle with the draft. I don't really think that that's, you know, that groundbreaking, but I just wish people could pump the brakes because sometimes this, this talk is so quarterback-centric. Like I was listening to Levertard show and they're like, Josh Allen can't be a great quarterback because he turns the ball over too much. I'm like, it's just so misguided. It's, it's way off. It's way off. I think I saw, uh, damn, what, what was it? There was some stat where one, like Josh Allen is like the unluckiest guy in the NFL right now in terms of like interceptable I balls it. actually turning into interceptions. And then mm-hmm. the second thing was like Tua's interceptions have actually hurt the Dolphins from like a win probability standpoint a whole lot more than uh, the Bills' interceptions have this year, right? Yeah, but I think you know, our friend Stephen Ruiz he put it the best way about Josh Allen. He's Superman. He's going to save the day, but he's probably going to destroy some buildings in the process for the most part. He's Brett. <laughs> yeah, he's Brett. Like, yeah, yeah. He's 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 the upgraded version of Brett, you know? That's how I feel about that. Oh, you said this on a Packers podcast. Everyone hey, at hey. Charles McDonald, you can find him on Twitter at Forverts. Josh Allen um, is better than Brett Favre. You heard it here. <laughs> uh with that, we'll go into break and then we'll preview this Chargers Packers game. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. 
Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropG Pod wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. All right. What do you think of the Chargers this year, Chuck? Soft. I hate watching them play. I don't know. Like Lafleur said, they're actually a good run defense uh, today in the presser. I thought that was kind of funny. Why would he say? I mean, it's just coach speak. I think hey, he's. You know what? I, 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 that's a good point too. Yeah, probably probably pretty close with Staley, given the connections that they have back to the Rams. But I just want coaches to like. We have so much information. At our fingertips as analysts, as fans, you know, you can look up anything. You can find anything on the internet. Uh, I just don't really get the point of saying that they have a good run defense when they don't. Like they absolutely don't. And it, it, like I don't, I just, I just don't like watching them play defense. It's just, it's just soft. Like from the whole, the whole perspective, the the cornerbacks play too off. Like especially in situations where they probably need to play presser a little bit tighter. Um, I think one interesting thing that's happened to the Chargers defense is like some of their stars aren't really playing like superstars anymore. Derwin James is, he hasn't had a great season. Um, I feel like Joey Bosa has kind of, maybe he's not the tier one edge rusher. Maybe he's dropped a little bit. Khalil Mack is, you know, he's been in the league for almost a decade now. So um, whatever you can get out of him is fine, but the, the personnel is not great. And I think we're seeing with Brandon Staley. It's like, oh, man, when you have prime Aaron Donald and prime Jalen Ramsey, pretty easy to call a defense. Like, we, we can we can put three men in the box when I have the greatest defensive tackle of all time in his prime, and he can nuke it. And then the next year when, when Staley leaves, he can go out and close the Super Bowl pretty much by himself. Um, it's a little bit different when you're trying to plug in the pieces. And what I don't like about watching them is, like, it just doesn't feel like they're trying to force the action enough. Like, bro – you don't have a great roster. You just took the L on a huge J.C. Jackson conference, con- uh, contract. You have to do something. The GM as a coach. apologized to the team for. I don't think I've ever seen that. I've never seen that before. He had to. He must have been a huge dick. While he yeah, was he must have been an asshole to, yeah. to to get that apology out of a general manager. Where he's which I will say is not all that surprising based on everything we've known about J.C. Jackson throughout his career. Yeah. You know, he's he a guy did. that had to transfer. For Florida, the Maryland. Yeah. For like, was it like armed robbery or something like that? Well, let's not be reckless. We have the internet at our, our fingertips. Well, you can look it up. I'll be reckless. Um, yeah, You're right. Armed robbery charge. He was acquitted. Hey. Yeah. There's a reason why Belichick got him for free. That didn't happen yeah. by accident. The So the Chargers thing is interesting because you're talking about the defense. The Packers play a similar style of defense. Um, we just saw it with the Rams game a couple weeks ago where, you know, we were like, okay, you're just going to give us 20 points. We'll take the 20 points and you're starting Brett Rippon. And uh, that's that. Um, I think you're right, though, about like the Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey thing. Like, unless you have some game changers up front, I don't know if you can run the scheme in the NFL the way that you think that it's actually going to work out, especially when teams are playing more and more condensed formations. Like I, I think playing the quarter stuff is better the more spread out teams are because 
I mean, really, it just turns into like two man, right? Like yeah. the, the end result. It just like okay, and then we have brackets on the deep receivers, and you know, short stuff is covered. But if once wide receivers are starting to be used as like legitimate blockers in the formation, um, that's something that we saw with uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers this past week. That's when you get the like, hey, guys are running two hundred yards against you, buddy. Like, it's get it's it's tough to play nickel defense that way. And yeah. you know, keep the two high safety, you know, split safety looks. And they they tried to get some run defenders in there, but it they they whiffed because uh, they but they tried to get uh, Austin Johnson in there. Morgan Fox was a guy they tried to get in there. I think like it, it it's just with the Chargers, you you just haven't gotten what you need out of Brandon Staley straight up, like as a defensive yeah. coordinator. I, I honestly think some of the fourth down stuff he does, as far as how angry people get about it, it's pretty overblown because no one ever talks about it when it works yeah. and it, it comes out to be positive for them. And also just as like a, a, you know, a philosophy, if my quarterback is Justin damn Herbert, yeah, I'm going I'm to go for it more often than not. If if yeah. it's like, if it's manageable, because you know, I, I think he's one of like the five best quarterbacks in the league. I know, it, you know, throughout some of the injuries that he's had this year, maybe his performance hasn't always always been that way. But like when he's healthy, I think of, you know, the game of this week against the Lions, the Minnesota game. Holy crap. Like that's one of the best games of the season, I think, from any quarterback. Um, like the talent is so overwhelming there that I, I kind of get being aggressive as far as just like the chances you're willing to take. But it doesn't absolve you from just having a piss poor defense for. Well, how long has he been the? This is this is year three that he's been the because yeah. he left after the 2020 season and the Rams won the, the Super Bowl with Raheem. So this is year three. Uh, if you just go and look at you know Ben Baldwin's website, uh, rbsdm.com, the Chargers are 26 in EPA per play since the start of the 2021 season. You're supposed to be the guy. You had. Joey Bosa, you paid for JC Jackson. You spent, you know, your first round pick on Kenneth Murray. And, you know, some of, some of these picks don't work out, but you would think with how acclaimed he was coming into this, he would be able to figure out something. But it just kind of feels like each week they're going to play that soft zone. They're going to sit back and they're just going to get goddamn pummeled. One of the interesting things to me, too, is it's really inside run that kind of kills that type of defense, right? Especially when they're playing nickel and stuff like that in terms of the run game. Um, how do you think this, how do you think the run games in this game match up? Because like Austin Eckler and Aaron Jones are not guys who you think of like running between the guards. You know what I mean? Like they're both going to face a similar type of defense and they're more of guys that, you know, went on the outside or went as pass catchers and stuff like that. How do you, how do you envision Two bad run or two bad run defenses going against running backs who mostly want to run outside and they're giving up most of their yards on the interior. Uh, man, I think I think it plays better for the Packers honestly this week because, like, dude, I, I if I could do anything, I'm trying to get those Packers line or not. The, the, I'm trying to get those Chargers linebackers out in space, man. Like, <laughs> I've seen some <laughs> Kenneth Murray videos from this season. Oh. It's not been good. It's it's not been good. Uh, There was like a three week period. I feel like 
where at some point we convinced ourselves like Kenneth Murray has this thing turned around and then it completely went off the rails again. No. Yeah. He's, it, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Cause he's got all the tools. He just, he just doesn't know really how to like, what's going on out there. Um, I remember that was dude. That was even the case of Oklahoma because I remember yes. like watching, you know, thumbing through the draft stuff. And this is, you know, not to toot my own horn, but like this is sometimes like how you can spot like who knows what's going on where they're watching this stuff and who doesn't. Like Kenneth Murray did not even really play linebacker at Oklahoma. He was just he just stood in the middle of the field and just ran whatever his brain told him. Like he was you know, misreading blocks all the time. Missing tackles in open space, running the wrong gap, but hey, he's 6'3, 230, runs a 4'4. So he's good now. And obviously, like when you're when you're that athletic in college, you can make a whole lot of plays just based off of, you know, I'm an NFL athlete, even in, you know, a, a situation where I'm playing teams like Georgia in the Rose Bowl or, you know, playing against other Big 12 competition, I'm still one of the best athletes on the field. You know, we can play you in a pseudo spiral where you don't have any real responsibilities. But when you get to the NFL and some coach wants to put a green dot on your helmet, it ain't going to work out the same. Um, and, you know, it, it's just – I like, I look at that team, uh, and especially even beyond the linebackers, the safety play hasn't been great this year. I talked about Derwin James. I don't know if he's cooked or if he's just having a down year, but it hasn't yeah. been quite what you expect from him. Like, I think that's kind of a spot where – um, the Packers can exploit this. But, you know, I also feel like any team should be able to exploit what the Chargers have on defense as long as you can kind of survive whatever Joey Bosa brings and, uh, you know, Khalil Mack doesn't pop off for six sacks against you. You know, that's <laughs> that's uh, that's that's how you do it. Now, whether the Packers can execute well enough to to actually make that reality happen is a different story, but... Man, I feel like any team can punk the Chargers defense with how they're playing right now. The only thing that really worries me about the Chargers defense is those edge rushers. Because, you know, you already mentioned uh, Bosa, Khalil Mack. The other guy, Tui Pelotu, um, who's an interesting guy. He had a wide range of uh, weight classes that he played in at USC. He's kind of having a breakout year this year. And the Chargers just picked up Justin Hollins from the Giants practice squad. He actually played in the game last week for the Giants. Hollins was in Green Bay for the past probably full calendar year, I would say, um, in terms of, like, the waivers. He played 10 games for Green Bay over the last two seasons. Um, Hollins was originally drafted by the Denver Broncos in 2019 when Brandon Staley was the outside linebackers coach. When he was the defensive coordinator for the Rams, they picked him up on waivers. Um, So, obviously, there is some background there in that defensive system. Plus, you know, the Packers picked him up from waivers last season to play in Joe Barry's defense, which is very similar to what Brandon Staley is running. So um, do you think that there's any intel that Justin Hollins could give Green Bay about Staley's defense? Like, I don't... What do you need? Yeah, they're, they're, yeah that, that's kind of my point. Like, I saw a lot of those reactions, too, where it was like, oh, there's they stole this guy because, you know, the Packers playbook. And I'm like... They could have poached someone off of our practice squad, right? Like they could have pre- yeah. poached someone who was in practice this week and they didn't do that. Justin Hollins, I think that's just more of like a, they needed a body at the position. He was familiar with the body at the position he's played games recently. Like he knows what he looks like from an athletic standpoint, um, you know, recently. I, I don't think that there's any 
intel really being passed on, especially considering the fact that their defenses are so similar already. It's like looking into a mirror. Yeah, and I I think with the Packers, like you should just feel like if you can just like reset the line of scrimmage, it, there there's there's plays to be made there. Um and like and, and honestly, especially coming off of the, the game that Jordan Love had last week. I know when you look at if you like just look at just the raw stats, you see uh, 21 of 40. Uh that's probably not a great game. But I think he played a, a good deal better than than maybe what those raw stats show. Um, yeah, he had a pick on an end of game play, and he almost threw for three hundred yards. Like, right, and it's funny. Like, if you just look at the QBR ratings, ESPNs, which is you know for people who don't know, basically it's just a scale from zero to a hundred, and you should read it like, if my quarterback played like this, I have an X percent chance to win the game. So he had a seventy-two point one quarterback rating in that game, even with the two picks, which shows you that his picks weren't really all that damaging for their chances to win. Or they just come in like such high leverage situations that, you know, you shouldn't really you ping him for uh, making a bad play in that situation. Kenny Pickett, 24.4. I guess that's kind of the Steelers' magic right there. Kenny Pickett's had a, Pickett he's had a terrible season. A damn thing. The yeah. Steelers just were totally fine having 18 play drives that they were just running inside run over and over and over again and just pushing it down the Packers' throat. The Packers Are you worried play. about the Packers' defense at all this week? Dude, I'm worried about it every week at this point. Um, not so much about the passing game, really, just because they 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 put so many bodies into deep shells that I'm not that worried about. Plus, it's actually kind of amazing to me that Herbert had that game against the Lions when two of his arguably best three receivers are out, right? They're on injured mm-hmm. reserve in terms of Mike Williams and uh, what's his name, Palmer. Um, yeah. Not worried about Quentin Johnston. Uh, you know, he was a guy that Packers fans kind of wanted to draft in the first round. Um, I don't even know if Herbert likes throwing his way. Uh, he doesn't seem like he's going to pan out right now. And then Keenan Allen, too, is dealing with a shoulder injury. He was a non-participant on Wednesday, was limited on Thursday. So um, they kind of got one guy right now at receiver, and he's banged up. So you would hope that you'd be able to take advantage of that opportunity. You know, uh, Jair hasn't really been traveling that much. Um, with wide receivers this season. Jair also missed uh, Wednesday's practice, was a limited participant on Thursday. So we'll see what their injury status is like moving forward. Um, Those are kind of the big injuries to watch out for. The other one is Rudy Ford, who's out with a biceps injury. He missed both both practices so far this week. Again, we're recording this on Thursday night, so maybe things have changed on Friday. So no, I'm I'm not that worried about the passing game. I'm just worried like just dumb shit happening that seems to happen and then stopping an inside run. I mean, stopping an inside run is the biggest thing to me at this point. I don't know why the Packers didn't play any penny when the Steelers were just like, okay, we're going to get an 11, but we're going to get in really tight formations and we're going to run inside run. I, I just don't know why you didn't adjust at that point and have just make Kenny Pickett do anything. Just make him do anything. Uh, he had like three completions over five yards last game. You shouldn't yeah. lose to that. No, you should never lose to that. <laughs> but hey, th- th- dude, this is this is what the Steelers do. They're they're just gonna you know piddle around and and mess up until bang, somehow you've lost. And the one thing one thing I think that's funny about the Steelers is as bad as I think that team like like I legit think that that's a bad football team. Um, even yeah. the defense is is not great. 
but they have no, the, the defense is all pressure and you can get dotted. Right. Right. So like, yes, yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. So like, yeah, you can, you can move the ball up and down the field against them. But I think what we saw with like, especially that Ravens game at the end, um, TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, like those guys can make a play when you need it. And it seems like that happens almost every single week. Yep. Hopefully that doesn't happen with, uh, Oh no, Lamar just got hurt. This one. Poor Lamar. Looks like he tweaked his ankle. Also, Mark Andrews is definitely out for the game, too. Breaking news for those of you listening 24 hours after this, after this game. After this right. game. Good radio, Chuck. God. <laughs> Great radio. Uh, while we're here, should I start Patrick Mahomes versus Philly or Dak Prescott versus Carolina this weekend in fantasy? I think you go Dak against Carolina. Yeah, I'm just kind of worried that the game gets out of hand so fast that he doesn't throw the ball that much. <laughs> Does you he know. have incentives? I don't know. By the way, incentives. I looked up the Jordan Love incentives. Uh, what is it? Oh, he has like 10 different things that he can hit. He's going to make like $1.5 million out of like an available $10 million next year. Pretty good. It's pretty good. I 1.5 out of 10. Uh, that could have been better. Um, Let's get a prediction. All right. You got this line is I think it's three points right now, three or four points in favor of the Chargers. It's in Lambeau. Let me look at let me look at the line officially because I, I I think that's right. I'm 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 inclined to take the Chargers just because Herbert looks to be healthy. Um, but I, I do think it's going to be a pretty close game. Yeah, so the Chargers are favored by three on the road. I think I, I think I might take the Packers to cover, Chargers to win. I think it's gonna be a real close game. Two point game. Okay. Well, now it just it just moved to three and a half. So there's my there's my edge. Okay. I am worried about Justin Herbert in the open field. I will say that with the backup safeties in and all the backup defensive backs and you know who knows what Quay is gonna be like because he's been out with a groin injury. He's been practicing this week, but um, might not be full force. Devondre Campbell's dealt with the injury this year too. Worry about Justin Fields and or Justin Herbert in the open field. If he can get rolling, I don't know who's going to bring him down. Way, we'll see. We'll see. I will say too. Uh, I I was going to mention this, but I forgot about it. We were talking about uh, you know Kenneth Murray not knowing what he's doing at linebacker. Packers fans are pretty frustrated at Quay Walker pretty consistently about like his awareness on some of these plays. I think it's really tough to be a linebacker in this type of defense. I think Agreed. Quay Quay is probably like an example of like if we're thinking of this as like Madden ratings, right? Like he's like probably like a C minus awareness. Kenneth Kenneth Murray is like an F, a full blown yeah. F. And yeah. you will see what an actual like incredibly raw linebacker looks like in this game. And hopefully the Packers can take advantage of it. LaFleur, you know. Yeah. It's just, dude, it's just crazy watching like every time I watch some like watch some Packers offense, it's like, damn, dude. Like, you guys are so young. Like, it, I, I don't. I, but but we fuck also, up routes still, so much. You're, you're still professional football players, though. So you yes. know, like, there's no excuse at this. There's point, no. Dude. There's no real excuse at this point. It's week ten. Yes. You know, you you can't. And they got all the reps. They got all the reps through the whole summer. I mean, Watson and Dobbs have been in the offense for two years now. Like, yeah, man. We we need to see some offensive improvement. I've talked about this a lot in terms of like job security and stuff like that. 
coaches don't end up keeping their jobs if they lose, you know, like 10 or more games this late into their coaching stint. It's yeah. really unprecedented for, for a non-Super Bowl winner. But I think there are some built-in excuses for LaFleur because of the youth of the offense. With that being said, you need to see progress. That's all you need. All, all you need to see is line is going up, right? It It doesn't have to be a finished product by the end of the year. But you just have to see that line is consistently going up. And I think the last two weeks for Jordan Love and the passing game overall has been a good sign. But now you're coming into a stretch of um was it Chargers, Chargers, Lions, Chiefs? So if you're gonna win one, this is probably your best this shot probably to win it. one. Yeah. And if you're not, we're talking about a three win team on December eleventh, or you know, potentially tenth if that game gets flexed from Monday night football against the New York Giants. So all right, let me ask you this. Let's say the Packers, I know you've been adamant about Packers taking a tackle in, in yeah. the draft next year. Well, if they finished with the third pick, would they not take Marvin Harrison Jr.? I think you have to. Yeah. You have to at that point because he's yeah, the yeah, best yeah. player. I just don't, dude, the NFC is so bad and all these teams are going to play against each other. Like, we're going to get a win against the Giants, right? Probably. I mean, knock on wood. If we lose to Tommy DeVito, I think. Like, dude, Rich Passaccio might be coaching the next week if that happens. You can't bring anyone back if you lose to Tommy DeVito. Like, yeah. I that, mean, we, to me, that's we the fired McCarthy, fire. who had a better record uh, in in that individual season and over the past two years than LaFleur has right now if they lose to DeVito. And they canned him at home because he lost to Josh Rose. So, yeah. I think there's uh, precedent Dan- there. I'm, about to, I'm looking at the the Giants' stats this year, which is just a wasteland. But Daniel Jones played six games, and he is still the line, the Giants' leading passer with 909 yards. Like, in six games, he didn't even hit That's he didn't even hit 1,000. Uh, which is kind of the crazy thing, or which is what's interesting about the Daniel Jones situation to me. Like he sucks before he even got hurt. Like he was, he was playing his worst football by far. And I know the offensive line was banged up, but I feel like when you're paying a quarterback forty million dollars a year, you hope they can overcome that to a degree. So I, I just do. I just want a world where, because I think some of these contract situations are really fascinating, and I would like to see a world where, like Drake May or Caleb Williams is on the same team as Daniel Jones, just to see how they how they handle it and how they how they trade because because. Wouldn't you have to like Osweiler him, Osweiler him right now? Yeah, absolutely, and it would cost more than Osweiler. It would be like a, a better example of that is like when remember when Washington gave Alex Smith that contract and then he blew out his leg, and then they just kind of like dealt with it for a couple of years because they couldn't even move off of that contract. And like, I don't know, you seen Washington play football anytime over like the last decade? I mean, it kind of like tanked their franchise. So yeah. Yeah, I forgot the text of Brock Osweiler's contract was four years, seventy-two million dollars. Wow. Dude, yeah, and I think I think the trade was, it, it was like a third round pick for like sixteen million dollars. Second round pick. It was you know who second. they took with that pick, Nick Chubb. So it all worked out for them. I would pay sixteen million dollars for the rights to pick Nick Chubb. Yeah, yeah, easy. easy. Four million a year. Yeah, you do that. Yeah. Yeah, right. I, I think it would be really expensive for them to move off Daniel Jones unless they can con someone into being like, oh, man. Okay, here's let's leave on this question. All right. Who could the Giants con into thinking Daniel Jones is a franchise quarterback for them 
Is it is I mean, New England it, an option? New England no. is an option. I don't, I don't think you do. I'd rather it. just stick with Mac Jones, honestly. Yeah, for all that guaranteed money, I think you just yeah. like But like if we're in if we're in the business of like buying draft picks. Steelers? Bears? No, you ride with Justin Fields. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not even saying cuz cuz not cuz Brock Osweiler didn't really play for the Browns. He only played oh, a couple true, games. Oh, true, 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 true. So I'm just saying, like, if we're just in the interest of buying a draft pick, let me pull up the 2024 cap space uh, tracker on Track, which is, you know, people say they scrape data from over the cap. It might be true, but their website's just better. So, sorry. <laughs> it's better aesthetics. I'm sorry. All right. So I'm, I'm the top 10 in projected cap space right now, which I feel like is, you know, if you're going to buy, if you're going to buy a draft pick, you need the cap space to roster a terrible player. Commanders, don't think they would do it. Titans, Patriots, Texans, Bengals, Bears, Colts, Cardinals, Lions, and I think the team that would actually do it, the Raiders. <laughs> maybe. My, yeah. Maybe. I mean, they're far away. They're really far away. So why not go and get that second-round pick, have Daniel Jones start for a season or whatever if he sucks, and you move on. But – like the 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 point of this is really to say with Tommy DeVito as their quarterback for the rest of the season, and it's either going to be Tommy DeVito the rest of the way, or at some point they're going to put in Matt Barkley because I believe Tyrod Taylor is out for you know extended time too. You're not winning another game, man. You're just not. I don't. It, it, it like the, they almost beat the Jets, but the Jets even were able to scrape together something at the end of the game, and then they got absolutely obliterated by. Uh, Dallas this weekend, and I imagine when they go out and play Philly, those games won't be close either. So you, you might not it, survive. It, yeah, it's time to move on. It's time to move on. Here's a. I don't think they could do it because it could just cost too much money. But I don't know. Denver needs to backfill on some draft capital, right? We've seen Peyton use a Taysom Hill before. Couldn't you do Taysom Hill stuff with Daniel Jones? I don't know. You you want to know how much cap space Denver is projected to have next year? Uh, I'm guessing not a lot because the Russell Wilson contract. Uh, minus 19.7 million. Oh, that's not going to work. That's not no. going to work. How are no. you spending so much money? Oh my god! That's um, yeah. Terrible. Okay, well, hold on. Well, yeah. Before we get out of here, let me just pull this up and see who they're who they're spending money on. This is like year. me looking at the Saints cap sheet, and I'm like. Oh my God! You've ruined the, the Saints are actually like fucked. Years. Like, like they have to double like, down on this. And every all every I tweeted that out, and every Saints fan is like, "You guys say this every year." I'm like, "You guys no, this keep pushing different. it forward." This is like this, we're at a breaking point. You it. have to double down on this roster, and it's not any good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because in the past, like, yeah, you could push it forward and keep pushing it forward, but now, like, you kind of have to just We've sit where you are. Mass. Yeah, you have to sit and, and eat this so you can eventually get out of it. You know, you don't want to keep doing this forever. You know, you don't want to – you're turning Drew Brees money into Derek Carr money. You're going to push down the road to turn <laughs> the money for some. No, at some point, you have to sit in your filth and just eat it out. Or, wow, excuse me. And just wait it out. So hey, you yo. <laughs> so you can So you can be done. But, okay, so just looking back at the Broncos roster before we get out of here. Uh, Russell Wilson – Got a $35 million cap hit, $85 million dead cap, not going anywhere. Garrett Bowles, potential move candidate. He's got a $20 million cap hit, but only $4 million dead cap. Zach Allen's locked in. Michael Glinchy's locked in. 
this is they, they have a little bit more maneuverability if they're willing to get rid of guys like Bowles and Justin Simmons, but it's a it, it's not it's not great. What are you they're not as bad as the Saints left? are. Um Jerry Judy. Perpetual trade candidate. Jim Patrick Judy. off of the another season ending, you know, leg injury. Goodness gracious. All right. This is a podcast. Once we hit uh being George George Patton. Is that what it is? Yeah, something like that. Plug all your stuff, George. Chuck. Um, yes, yeah, so you can listen to my podcast, The Exemplist. It's on Yahoo Sports Zero Blitz podcast feed. It comes out uh every Tuesday and then you know, just you know, riding throughout the week, going to games every once in a while. Uh, that's all I got. Not not too much. Trying to keep it simple, keep it playing, and get to the end of the season in one piece. Keep tuned to uh, APC. We're going to keep the podcast up. Um, by the time you're listening to this, there might be that Friday injury report up, which is going to be pretty significant. Again, the big one. Wow, so are... you're, you're really holding on to this podcast if you're waiting for the Friday injury report. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Keenan Allen, right for the Chargers, and then for the Packers, it's going to be Jair Alexander, um, and Quay Walker, maybe Rudy Ford. We'll see how that plays out. Yeah. Go Pack, go!